And we are not getting a facing a wall from the IT department. That's mainly our difference at IFM because we are open for these new things. And we've managed open culture together with our IT department to set up these new tools and bring them to life in the factories. You are listening to the Future Proof Operations Podcast. The manufacturing sector is evolving and the work that happens on the front line is the key to driving future readiness. On each episode, we bring you conversations with global leaders in industrial companies. Our goal is to discuss trends, stories and people in digital manufacturing and offer the latest insight into solutions. Subscribe and be sure to check out our website for more resources at operationsone.com. I'm your podcast host, Benjamin Brockman. This episode is brought to you by Operations One. Operations One is the leading platform to bring operations to a new level of excellence. By supporting frontline operations from planning to execution to analytics, companies benefit from an empowered workforce, increased operational excellence, and future-proof operations. Visit operationsone.com for more information. Hi, Bernd. Welcome to the Future Proof Operations Podcast. Hi, Benjamin. Nice to see you. Nice to have you. Bernd, could you give me a 60 seconds overview of who you are and what you are doing? Well, IFM is the manufacturer for sensors and software. We are characterized by high variance and low volumes. And my team is responsible for the operations in the business unit position sensors. That means we are running the headquarter plant here in Tetnang Bechlingen. The plant uh, for 3D sensors in Tetnang Bürgermoos and our sites in Sibiu, Romania and Singapore. And how big is IFM? Well, in total, we are over 8,000 employees. So, familiar, well, let's see, the fam this year we are targeting around about 1.4 billion euros turnover. It's family-owned business. Headquarters, bit untypically, the technical headquarters here in Lake Constance at Tetnang, which is owned by the family book. And the sales and finance department is located in Essen with the family Mahofer. So we are owned by two families since now over, well, over 50 years right now. Today, we want to talk about digitalization in the factory, the smart factory. And first of all, I would like to get your opinion of Industry 4.0, it has been a topic for the last decade. Is Industry 4.0 still a relevant topic for manufacturing companies or are we somewhere else already? Well, the slogan Industry 4.0 is a very good marketing slogan, I would say. Going into detail, it means digital improvement for me in a person. And that means it's the continuous journey of that we started with our lean improvements and now we are running, improving it with the lean tools. Uh, with, with the digital tools, we need to have creative digital solutions to be able to position ourselves in the international cost competition in order to be ahead of the Eastern European countries. And uh, for example, I have my own race in the company. I need to compete against CBU, and that's a tough journey. So we need to have really good ideas and solutions in order to have the same cost prices here in Germany than in other countries. And that's why we have to use digital solutions in order to be cost competitive. Okay, so Industry 4.0 is still very relevant. 
good for us today, good for us in the podcast. Um, I would like to start with an award which you have won some years ago. 2020, you won the Smart Factory or the Factory Award together with IFM. And I would like to know what have been the reasons for it? Why are you proud of it? Well, first of all, we wanted to know are we working on the right topics in our company? So having an external view on the things you are doing on daily basis is quite important because it opens up your mindset. And therefore, getting some external auditors in the company was very useful. And finally, we got the feedback. We are also right position for the future. That's very important. And for our employees, it's also very important because we are a Swabian company. And in a Swabian company, nothing said is praised enough for your work. And so also external recognition is very important for our workforce that they see the hard work is recognized and we are working on the right topics. So the goal is to establish improvement culture and therefore, well, if you tell them always we're working on the right things, no, it's also important to get external recognition for it. That if own guys tell them always we're doing the right things, it's not so important. And external guys tell them the same things, basically. When you say you are working on the right topics and the factory award is underlining that, what are that topics? So first of all, the basic work. So we doing the lean wise, we trying to set up our operations in the right way and manner with the basic lean tools. That's very important. And you need always to have a hand on that. And additionally, we have, with our digital idea, focused the future to be cost competitive against our sister plans in the group. And this was the main thing because we, or the IFM family, we want to guarantee our workforce, the place here in Tetnang, that we sustain a secure future. That's very important for us and the family. And when you talk about the lean tools, I assume you think of lean tools in a digital, in a future-proof way. How do you combine being lean on the one hand side and increasing the level of digitalization in the factory? Well, giving you a good example is that due to that we are having a high variance, you can design your workbench in the right way and manner with positioning everything in the golden zone that it's easily to assemble. But to run a high variance, that means our operators assemble, not on daily basis, but one workbench can assemble up to 120 variants. And how should an operator know that if a variance comes only once a month or only once a quarter that he's doing the right thing? If we put him a digital assistant on the side, he's feeling safe and secure to do the right thing. And that's why we need a smart workplace in order to do the right things. And this is quite an important thing. The digital supporters or assistants shouldn't be recognized as a controller. That's a clear mindset you need to install in your workforce. Yeah, that's super interesting. When you talk about worker guidance in general, you say there is a thin line between controlling, monitoring and empowering the workers. And for you, it's important that the focus is on empowerment and not on control or monitoring. Yes. So once you burned the digital assistant with controlling objective, you will never get any support in the workforce for it. 
that's for us a really clean line also defined with our workforce that it's only a supporter and it helps you to do the right things on daily basis. Because there are some jobs, if you do them eight hours a day, you can't always have the right track on it. So, and if then the system tells you, well, look in that direction or in that direction, it's really recognized that we're going to help them with these tools. And it's not that we are looking then on, on the productivity. So today you didn't work on a proper level. No, that's the wrong way to do it. Because basically, if you have a good workforce, they want to do the right things. And if you give them the right environment, you will see the line always produces at a good level in a way and manner you, you need it to be competitive. That's my experience. I would like to deep dive a little bit more into that worker topic. So how you see the role of the workers in your factory, in your company. Before we do that, Bernd, help us to understand a little bit better how the factory at IFM looks like. So if you would take us on a walk into the factory, you already talked about benches, workplaces, the workers are assembling specific products. How many workers would we see there? How are they working in general? A typical production line is a combination about handmade assembly benches and fully automated machines. So we have a mix out of fully automated processes and yeah, handmade assemblies. A typical line in one shift, you would see 10 to 15 operators. And we have a clear corporate identity in our factory. We say we have orange blood and this goes clearly through the whole factory. Our workbenches are designed in black and orange. Also, all the machines. You will recognize an, IF factory, an IFM factory across the world. Also, if you walk to suppliers, you'll see that this machine belongs to us. And that's very important because we have a really good culture across all factories because the operators worldwide know they are treated in the same way and manner. How important is it for you as a company that the workers, the operators feel empowered and they feel part of the company? Especially when we talk about worker guidance, you talked about it, monitoring, controlling and empowering on the other hand side. How important is culture in that direction? We generated our own internal culture or brand, let's put, it's called iFamily. And iFamily means that we have our same standards across globally. It doesn't matter in which country. And because I've seen different standards according to certain countries, and that's not the way in many IFM acts. I like to have one global standard that the operators feels everywhere at home, basically. And I'd like that our operators everywhere get the chance to be part of new products so they can work in pre-series. They feel the innovation right at hand, basically. And if they are interested and want to know more, it's going even up that they can work themselves up to the role as a development assistant. I think that's quite unique. And we have several careers here at IFM that managed to start at an operator level and now being in the role of a development assistant. And if you are interested in what you're doing and if you like to support our improvement culture, and innovation culture, there are opportunities even to work yourselves up into the development department. And that's quite unique at IFM, I think. Development and learning opportunities for the workers, for the operators are important and part of the culture of IFM. 
Do you see a trend in the last years that workers or the operators are engaging more and more with it, that they are using that opportunity more and more? First of all, I think you need to give them the room. So I have an old school proposal system. And that's for me still very important, these old school tools, because even for small improvements, they get a recognition. So we maintain this feeling now that you are a valued operator or a valued member of our team. And for the future, this is getting more and more important because now we not only have to focus on the standard physical processes, we have also to focus on the digital processes. And I'd like to get also the involvement of our operator in the digital processes. And they need to see if this is good or wrong, what or is the process smart that we offer them. And it's also very important to get their feedback on digital improvements. And that's for me where the future lies to that the orders that the operators are also able to challenge us in our digital tools that we use for the production. And that's a bit more complicated, I think, what we are doing today, because physically you clearly can see what you're doing. But the data that the digital tools are collecting, that's a bit of, how should I put it, magic. <laughs> Let's put it in that way, because the operators can't feel and see directly what's happening to there. And if get a bit of understanding what's happening there and know if that's the right or wrong thing, what we're doing here, that's for me very important. If you take a look on the task and responsibilities of the operators today, and we take a look in the next 10 years, How will these kind of tasks and responsibilities change? You already brought in the term automation. So I assume there is already some automation going on in your factory. You talked about it, but probably that proportion of automated tasks will increase. And meaning, well, that would mean that task of the workers, of the operators will change or will need to change. In which direction? How do you envision that? Well, at the moment, there's a bit of a fear of the workforce that the digital tools will pinch their jobs, basically. And first of all, we need to overcome that because some processes are nonsense to digitalize them. It's not only because it's cool to digitalize processes, you need to do it. No, it needs to be cost effective. That's the main goal of the journey. And the operators need to understand these processes. And as I said, It's the most important thing that we get a proper feedback, that we are helping them to work efficiently and be cost effective. And they need to be open to work with digital tools and to support them as long as they can see it's really supporting my daily business. And yeah, the operator need to recognize the digital tools as partners in the future. And that's really a mind change that the companies face in the future in my eyes. Digital tools as a supporter, as a partner. This is a great segue to another topic which I want to dive in with you. When we take a closer look at that digital tools, hardware and software, I remember our preparation call and you talked about development of software at your company, so doing it yourself at IFM, in comparison to buying software from some vendors. And you have a specific opinion. I do not know personally or from the IFM group, But explain us how you see that trade-off between make or buy in digitalization in general. That's a tough question. <laughs> well, at the beginning, when we started our digital journey, the first focus was on is software available for the job we are looking for? So market availability. 
And at the start of the journey, it was difficult to find the right software for your tasks because as a leader there, it was a challenge to get the companies together to work on the right topics. So if we do now make or buy decision, I'm looking at the development costs for own development. Is it a core know-how? Because in some tools, we have also really our own philosophy, and that's what I'd like to keep in IFM. And finally, and, and that's coming more and more important, is the maintenance cost of the software, meaning how to keep up or so, uh, the right security level and the integration into our standard software. And regarding then the external software, you need to see the customizing costs and the licensing fee that you face on a regular basis. And then for us, it's a clear make or buy then. But the trend is going clearly, if the software is available on the market, buy it on the market and focus yourself only on your core know-how, basically. Have you had some learnings on that journey, especially when you take a look in the homemade software area? So. You did build something yourself, and now you talk about the maintenance cost, for example. So if you start small, you think it's an easy solution, and the first solution is quickly made. But then if you start and rolling out, roll the software out through all the plants, it's getting bigger and bigger, and also the maintenance costs are really getting bigger and bigger. And the other task is how to keep up the right security level. And therefore, once we are now coming to a certain point where we clearly decide that we're asking ourselves, is it the right way to do everything on our own? Or getting, if now our standards are available, getting the standards into our company. Because the fear that we are getting problems from outside is here on a regular basis. And we heard that also now Conti was faced in August, I think, with a big threat. And that's clear view, on, or we need to have a clear view on the security levels. And with external software, it seems to be easier at the moment. But it's a thin line between costs and everything. Is there a mind change going on, or is it still needed when we have that trade-off between the internal IT will build it, or we will buy some software or some hardware from outside? I think there's a change going on also for IFM because regarding, first of all, cloud software, I think this is coming more and more important. If you have a global footprint, software in the cloud is, for me, now very useful because it's safe in the cloud, safer than on-premise because I can't keep up the security standards that I have on the cloud. And we had now two power breakdowns in our central plant. and. This delivers you great problems because once your server structure is going down, not only one plant is going down, all plants are going down. And if such a system would be in the cloud, we might not have these problems because there we have a different level of support. So it's a mind change coming up that we need to have a clear decision on what systems are best in cloud and what systems are good on promise. Let's assume com manufacturing companies will buy more and more software, probably cloud software. I remember our preparation call and there you said software will be more and more expensive and probably too expensive, especially for Mittelstand companies in future. And I find that super interesting because in the end, Mittelstand companies need to handle that cost. And if they have to buy more and more tools, more and more software, they will get a problem. So what do you see there? Why is that? The problem is I need to have normally a maintenance contract or a license contract with my supplier of the software. 
And if we're going now in a recession, for example, then I still have this fixed cost on daily basis. And I can't afford this fixed cost because I'm not making enough turnover. And this is for the Mittelstand very critical, I think. Because if the tools are becoming more standard, I hope the cost will go down. But at the moment, the prices on regular basis for me are too high. Also for IFM, because I can't make it very easy for you. So if I buy an OEE software, that will improve my machine or I will have a huge improvement step with the next three years. Because it's proven that if you look at the numbers, you make your efficiency step by 20%. There's no doubt about it. But And then you keep it on the level, basically. But what happens then? I still need to pay the cost on a daily basis. Because if you not watch the OE, it goes back down, but I'm not gaining anything. And just for keeping the level on 85%, I have to pay quite a lot of money to the guys. And therefore, we need to find maybe a different model in order to make this software solution more interesting for the German Mittelstand or in general small companies, basically. It's not only the German Mittelstand. Do you see a solution for it? I think we need pay-per-use needs also to change. Maybe pay-per-use. That would be a good model, I think, because if I produce less, I have to pay less. So that's a model we think of it because then it's directly linked to your performance. And or at the beginning, you have at the first three years, you have a different contract because you need to pay also for, I think, some consulting services at the start to get software up and running. And once it's a standard software, you can have a standard agreement where you can you reduce as a software company your services and they can still use it to look at their numbers. So there needs to be an agreement between the providers and the manufacturers, I think, for the future. Yeah. Okay. So the payment models need to change and they need to be more flexible and yeah, reflect the needs of the Mittelstand. They need to be adapted to the circumstances. Yes. Okay. If we stick with the digital tools in general as one topic in our preparation call, it was a great preparation call because you showed me a video in addition, which was showing the workbench and the worker guidance system you built. And it looks like crazy technology, which you built yourself. If we take a look into the future of digital tools in the factory in general, which kind of technologies are already used and will be needed more and more? And I assume in your worker guidance system, for example, you already built in some great technology. We can see a lot of help is the use of KI, as the Germans would say, Künstliche Intelligenz. But I think it's not the right way. So... It's machine learning that's becoming more and more important for us because we have certain tasks that can easily clearly optimize with machine learning. Giving you, well, the, our worker assistant is based on machine learning. So we recognize the hands of the operator without any special devices and they are not feeling controlled. That was my also statement at the beginning. So they only did they work as they work normal on daily basis and only. If there's recognized an unusual behavior, the system tells them, please check this process again. And this is recognized as a great support for IFM operators because we are not controlling their personal performance. And there are other tasks now within the company where I can use this machine learning clearly to support our operators because 
for example, we have cleaning fluids for our electronic machines, for example. And according to Toyota production system, every week you need to have a look at it. But is it really necessary to have a look at it? No, it's not. And therefore, if, I ha if I'm collecting the data and if I find a pattern there and used on the machine learning processes, the machines then tell me two or three days before, well, in three days you need to change the fluid there or a filter or whatever. And we have development, or oh, there's a great use of these tools now. We've connected it to an old school pager system, basically. The fire departments are connected with pagers, and now the machine can talk to the operator, for example, and it tells them, well, at the weekend there needs to be a sing or a filter change, or in more critical phases, if you have a fully automated machines and the bunker runs empty, the machine tells the operator half an hour before it runs empty, please fill me up. And this takes a lot of stress out of the workforce and the operators are really happy to have these systems in hand. I find that remarkable that you are building that machine learning knowledge in your company. And I think when we talk about that technology, it's very important that you keep up with the pace and with new enhancements and new things which are popping up there. So how are you building the IT department or the IT team at IFM? How you make sure that this knowledge is there at the first step and then they can continue to improve their skills? Well, we decided to have our own production IT department. And I think that's very important that you have a team that's dedicated clearly to improve operations. It's part and it's directly connected also to our general IT department. That's very important that they have a good relationship to fulfill the general standards of good software implementation, basically. But these guys are a team out of industrial engineers and really computer engineers and develop the things together. And so they have the right focus on the topics and we easily can implement new systems there because each one, or they're talking on eye level, basically. That's very important. And we are not getting a facing a wall from the IT department. That's mainly our difference at IFM because we are open for these new things. And we've managed open culture together with our IT department to set up these new tools and bring them to life in the factories. Very remarkable what you are achieving with your team. So sounds great. And this is IT needs to be part of operations. And that's a mind change for quite a few IT departments, I think. Yeah, that's, it's, this is a great quote for closing this topic. Unfortunately, we are already coming to the last topic, the last theme of our podcast. And I have heard in our preparation call that for you, sustainability and digitalization are very much connected. And I would like to get your thoughts about that. So why is sustainability important for the factory of tomorrow? Well, we have only one world. And we in IFM, we want to, we clearly have the goal to be also attractive for the next generations. And therefore, you need to maintain environment. And maintaining your environment means that you need to, yeah, well, how should I say it? You need to really be sensible in the use of the resources. And digitalization helps to reduce that we are using our resources sensible. And this means for me that if I'm running a production line and there are a lot of electric motors, they are assuming a lot of energy because normally they're running 24-7. And is this necessary? If my system knows my shift pattern, 
And if the system knows, well, I'm only running two and a half shifts, why is, are we not able then to stop the line fully by the shift pattern? If the system recognizes there's no volume needed, then turn fully off the machines. Or if, because we're using high variance, if we are bypassing a certain processes, why not driving down the electrical consumption in that area? And this could be done easily with a proper digital environment. So the energy that I'm not using, I don't need to produce it. And that's the main core of a sustainable environment is your production line. Well, can you run it easily according to the requirements you have and turn the not needed parts off, basically. Is the current crisis increasing the pace of this process? That's a tough question. No, I don't. First of all, I have to say yes, for sure. But to change the things, it's not, we do not have the speed to change it, what it would require right now. Because these changes are really heavily changing your internal structure. And this takes time. So yes, the current crisis focuses this topic, but we are not able to run the required speed at the moment, I would say. Bernd, we are coming to the last question. I would like to know, what is your vision for the factory of IFM 10 years from now? Well, in the future, my vision is to have a safe explaining environment so that the, like at home, if I ask my Alexa, I'm getting a lot of support. And my vision and dream is to have a self-explaining working environment also at IFM for our teams in the future. And I'd like to have a workbench that explains the operator what he needs to do. And that would, you come in, you feel at home, you have a nice environment and the workbench tells you exactly what to do. That would be great. I'm hoping to achieve it and we're working on it. Sounds like a great vision. Bernd, thanks for being on the podcast. It was inspiring to talk with you and looking forward to check in in the future and to see yeah, where we are with your vision. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure and looking forward to see you in the factory and hopefully we can come together and make the world smarter and easier. I will take you by your words. Thank you. Bye, Bernd. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. All the best to you. Thank you for listening and we hope you found this episode valuable. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. You can find more information and resources at operationsone.com. This episode is brought to you by Operations One. Operations One is the leading platform to bring operations to a new level of excellence. By supporting frontline operations from planning to execution to analytics, companies benefit from an empowered workforce, increased operational excellence, and future-proof operations. Visit operationsone.com for more information.